If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Summer Breakthrough. This is the third Bible study in the Summer Breakthrough series. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, the first Gospel, chapter 14 and verse 29. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. Excuse me. To go to Jesus. We're dealing with three things. And through the summer, I want to put this template over all of the lessons that we plan to teach during this summer. There are three things that seem to happen over and over in the Word of God to men and women when they're having a breakthrough. And the first thing is they get out of the comfort zone. The second thing is they go up to the growth zone. And the third thing is they accomplish that goal. They go into the end zone. So when we're dealing with these different scriptures and different things, we're going to divide them, not because we like to do it, but because it seems to fit in the word of God, in uh, the cycle of life that we live for the Lord, that we have to get out of our comfort zone first. And then we start getting up to the growth zone. God begins to help us grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. And then the Bible talks about receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. There's an end of our faith. You know, it's not going to be faith when we're in heaven, we're going to actually see Jesus. You're not going to have to pray when you're in heaven. You can like go talk to Abraham. You can go talk to David. If you don't make it, you can go talk to Judas. And you know, anyway, up in heaven, you can go talk to those people. You're not going to need that same type of faith. Yes, I guess we'll always need faith, but our, the end of our faith, the salvation of our souls, the deliverance, brethren, it's coming. We need to make it to that end zone. So, Let's look at what Peter did and really what God uh, desires for us to do. So Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, If it's you, bid or call me, Lord, to come unto you in the water. And the Bible said that Jesus said unto Peter, Come. And And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You know, in 2001, a man in Egypt attempted to replicate what Peter did and walk on the water in Egypt in 2000. You think this is a joke, right? Well, how did it go? Well, he was in Egypt, so he ended up in denial. It's it's the name of a river. Anyway, the Bible says that when Peter walked on the water, the first thing he did... Now, to set the stage, what, what is going on here? Jesus had just... If you read Matthew chapter 14, to kind of set the stage, Jesus had just done a miracle. He multiplied bread, and he multiplied fish, and he fed 5,000 men besides the women and the children. It could have been twenty or 30,000. Like, he fed a Jaguar stadium full of people. Lots of men and women, and they ate, and they were filled. So they ate as much as they wanted. Like, I joke about mini muffins, right? I heard a comedian say, I'll have one or 12, you know, but you just keep eating and eating and loosening your belt. And so everybody's full. 
Then Jesus, he said, it's evening. So the Bible says in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 14, he sent the multitudes away. Jesus went up to pray and he set the disciples into a ship. And he said, go get in the ship. I'm going to meet you on the other side. So I want you to sail the ship across to the other side. Where did he send them? Now, when Jesus told them to meet on the other side, he was in the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever heard of that? What's the Sea of Galilee? It's a lake. It's not a sea. It's a freshwater lake. It's in Israel. It's called the Lake of Gennesaret. It's called the Sea of Tiberias. It's called the Sea of Galilee. But it's a lake. And that's the word Jesus told them to go across to the other side. Now, this is important. A lot happened on the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Galilee. It's about eight miles across, so it's huge, right? If you look across the Buckman Bridge, that river, what, is a couple miles? St. John's River is a couple miles wide. But this was eight miles wide, this lake. It's a very big lake. So a lot happened here. James and John on the, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, they got called by Jesus to follow him. Peter and his brother Andrew got called to follow Jesus. Jesus walked on the water, on the lake or the Sea of Galilee. Jesus multiplied a catch of fish on the Sea of Galilee. After Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus called from the shore, where? The Sea of Galilee. So this Jesus' ministry, in fact, he multiplied the bread and fish right on near the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Why? Because he sent his disciples into a ship, so it was right there. A lot happened around the Sea of Galilee. The things that happen in the Bible aren't in some made-up fairy tale land like Narnia, okay? These are actual places. You can book a trip, I think, if you can travel. You could go to the Sea of Galilee today, and you could walk on the shore where Jesus walked. In fact, the ruins of Peter's boat might be somewhere sunk in the Sea of Galilee or, you know, I don't know, somewhere around on the shore. There might be bits of fishnet or hooks or something that they actually use. These things really happen. So Jesus said to them, go to the other side. And so they, they did, right? They got in the boat and they started rowing. And it was evening, so it was about six, right? And their storm arose on the lake when they were rowing. And they rowed about halfway across. And we'll get into that later. And then they saw Jesus. So they rowed four miles. They were in the middle of nowhere. And then they see Jesus walking on the water in the middle of the storm, the fourth watch of the night. Have you ever, the Romans divided from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. into four pieces, four three-hour periods. So the first watch watch is what, 6 to 9 p.m. Second watch, 9 to 12. Uh, 12 to 3, 12 p.m. to 3 a.m. is the third watch. And the fourth watch, when Jesus came to the disciples, it was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So it's the darkest part of the night. It's right before the dawn. You know, sometimes when Jesus comes to your life, it's right before you're about to quit, right before everything seems it's going to fall apart. And Jesus came to the disciples in this period. Now, that means they had been in a storm for what? Nine hours. Have you ever been in a storm on a ship that's going back and forth for nine hours? It must have seemed like an eternity. Now, when I was in Hawaii, I was in the Marine Corps and, uh, they had this thing called an LCAC. They have acronyms for everything. Landing craft air cushion. So it looked like 
it had a big uh, inner tube around it, but it was a big, huge thing. And it was powered by these big turbo fans. And so you would get inside and go sit inside this little compartment and it rode on top of the waves, which seemed pretty cool, right? It was like a, you know, a futuristic vehicle. So when we were all getting ready to get on this boat, the roach coach came out. You know what the roach coach is? That little guy that comes out in the, in the pickup and he pops up the, uh, the two doors and you can eat all this good stuff like, you know, sodas and stuff and uh, Twinkies. So we were buying all this food. All these Marines were stuffing all this food in their mouth as much as they want till they were filled, right? It's like the, the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000. Well, then we got on the boat. What happens if you've ever been to Hawaii? Hawaii has big waves. Now, when you're on top of the waves, you go up and then slam down. Then you go up and then slam down. Now, I can imagine these disciples because someone had a big trash bag in our little compartment. We couldn't see where we were going because we were in this little compartment. Now, they had air conditioning, but they also had the sensation of going up and going down, going up and going down. And what was on people's insides began to come onto the outside. And so they were passing one of those big 30-gallon or 40-gallon trash bags, because that's all we had, right? And they were just passing it around, and I was like, oh, it's coming to me. You know, you can feel, you know, your stomach when you're about to... And then we pulled into the mothership, okay? And I was safe. I didn't have to carry... The last guy that used it had to carry this big, huge, long, I mean, like four-foot-long, you know, trash can liner. The, the walk of shame, right, when he came in. It wasn't all theirs, but... They were the last one. Well, these disciples had been there for nine hours. So the bread and the fish may have left a long time ago. Okay. So, and then Jesus comes walking on the water. Well, what was Jesus doing? Jesus had just shown them a miracle. But then he was getting them out of their comfort zone. They got in a storm. And so Peter finds out that it's Jesus. Interesting. There's three things in this verse of scripture. Excuse me. When he found out it was Jesus and Jesus, uh, he said, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come out of the boat. I want to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Jesus said, come on. And now notice two things that Peter did. It said he came down and he came out. You know that the way up in God is down. And Peter had to actually step down onto the water over the side of a boat. I don't know if you've ever gotten out of a boat. Usually they pull up to a pier, you step up. But if you're stepping out into the water, you're actually stepping down. And many times to step down by faith into something that God wants you to do, you have to step down from everything you've ever understood on the way that things work. And that's exactly what it is to get out of your comfort zone. Imagine that. Who's ever thought about just, just stepping out in the middle of a storm? Uh, you've uh, been rocking back and forth, and then Jesus is like, oh, just get out of the boat and walk. Like that guy that was, you know, hanging off the side of the cliff, and he's like, Lord, save me. And he said, I'm here, my son. Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, my son, he said, let go and I'll catch you. 
And the man holding on said, is there anyone else up there? (laughs) Sometimes God says, just do this. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. I'm not going to step in there. Now, Peter was the only guy. You know, but Peter, isn't it interesting? When he came down, he stepped down onto the pages of history. What are the other disciples doing? You know, Peter was a leader. And I'm looking out at people that that are leaders in the places where they are. You know, someone said there's three types of people in the world. Those that makes things happen. That's the first kind, right? They make it happen. And the second type of person is those that, that watch things happen. Like, whoa. You know, they're just kind of watching what's going on. What's the third type of person? Those people that wonder, what happened? You know, you get like, man, who cleaned up? <laughs> you know, but Peter, it's an amazing thing. What if you knew that your actions today, I mean today, would be used to encourage people 2,000 years down the road? Man, my life? Peter wasn't some college, Harvard-educated person. He was just someone who stepped out in faith to follow Jesus. Any of us can do that. The Bible says, so he stepped down and then he came out of the boat. And that's one thing we need to do to get in. And and this is over and over. We need to step out of our comfort zone. And why? Because until when when we're comfortable, we're not growing. You really do have to get uncomfortable. You know that kids, they get all these things, tests at school. And I believe that, uh, look, tests, you know, someone said, well, there's always going to be prayer in schools because there's going to be tests in schools and kids are going to pray. Well, Governor DeSantis actually signed something that's going to allow a moment of silence in schools Mm -hmm. so that kids in public school can pray. What's going to happen? Well, I don't know, but I bet... Look, this is recorded, so people might not like to hear this, but I don't know how many school shootings there were when there was prayer in schools. I believe that prayer in schools will change things. Now, these kids don't have to pray. It's just a moment of silence. They can go to sleep for a few minutes, but you know what? I told my daughter, I said, when you get to pray, honey, don't shout, but just lift up your hands and just worship God. Be that example. Be a leader. Men and women need to hear about God. I invited this guy to church today, and he's like, nah, I don't go to church. And I said, why not? He's like, yeah, I've never been to church. That's what he told me. I've never been to Grown up. He's a grown up. Never been to church. I mean, within a few miles of here. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you come? <laughs> I said, different isn't always bad. And he looked at me, and another customer was coming up, and I was getting ready to leave. And he goes, you know what? My friend's been dealing with me about it. Huh. Wow. I'm not the only one. And then he said this, this is from I've never, um, I've never gone to church. My friend's dealing with me about it. And then he said, you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about coming to church. I've never met this guy before, okay? And the customer's waiting to buy his stuff. And I'm like, I'm sensing my opportunity. Like, well, let me give you a card and you can come. You know that God needs people to step out. I said, well, preacher, are you uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable all the time. But I know that I have to get uncomfortable if I'm going to grow. We want our kids to grow, but you know, God wants us. We're kids, the children of Israel. We were, we're, we're uh, the Heavenly Father. He wants His kids to grow. So get out of the boat. God says, You can do it. You can walk on the water. So He got out of the boat, and then what happened? He stepped up to the growth zone. He began to walk on the water. What is walking on water like? I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> I've never walked on the water before, but you know what? I don't know what it's like, but guess what? Peter was in the growth zone. He was in a place doing stuff he had never done before. You know, people talk about growing up all the time. 
you know, they say we were so poor when we grew up. So this person said, you know, they were all talking. He goes, we were so poor when we grew up. Our mother made us clothes out of the little extra cuts that my dad would bring home. Well, where'd your dad work? He worked at the sandpaper factory. It's like, ooh, I bet that was rough. But you see that Peter, when he walked on the water, it's not, it shouldn't be a question of, that was rough, Peter. I got another one. So we're growing, right? So what's the fastest growing capital city like in a country? What's the fastest growing capital city? Which country has the fastest growing capital city? Ireland. It's Dublin every year. But anyway, but so when you get out of your comfort zone and brethren, whether it's uh, seeking God for something or whether it's prayer, you know that when you get saved, you get out of your comfort zone, you ask Christ to invite, you ask, to ask Christ to come into your life. When you ask for healing, you get out of the comfort zone. When you come up to the altar, you get out of the comfort zone. When you ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, you get out of the comfort zone. It's a start for every blessing in God. When you pay your tithe and give away that money, that's, I need that 100%. You know what? It's an, it's an amazing thing that God can bless you more on a 90% that he blesses than a 100% that he doesn't bless. But it's by faith. And so when we begin to grow in God, the question should not be, when he was walking on those waves, but preacher, he was in a storm. You know what? We're all going to face storms. The question shouldn't be, what about last year was a whole storm, like all last year, right? The question shouldn't be, am I going to face a storm in my life? That's not the question we should have. The question should be, am I going to go through something? Because we're all going to go through something. Remember when he talked about the, the man that built his house on the sand and the man that built his house on the rock? It said the winds came, right? And the waves came. It didn't say if they came. Brethren, let me tell you something. You're either going into a trial, you're in a trial, or you're just coming out of a trial. I mean, there's one of three stages. I don't know which one you're in, but guaranteed trials just keep coming. So am I just going to go through it? Now listen to this. Or am I going to grow through it? Am I going to learn something from this? Because I've gone through things and not learned anything. But then I'll go through other things and I'll be like, you know what, God? I learned something. So I was starting my car the other day, right? And it made this funny sound after I started. It was like, and I was like, huh. And Pop and Cito was standing right there and said, hey, hey, do you know what that sound was? He said, yeah. You held your key in the on the start position too long. And, and I was like, oh, the preacher's too dumb to start his car. You know what? But what are you doing? I learned. I learned. Don't hold your key. This is, I said, I just got this car, okay? This hasn't been going on for 13 years, okay? Had this car for a couple of weeks. I learned this car starts like pretty quick and then once it starts, let it go. Otherwise, you'll hear this wonderful grinding chalkboard sensation, okay? But what are you doing? I'm learning. See, Peter said, I'm going to grow through this. So when the wave went up, Peter went up. You know waves can either knock you down or lift you up? Ever been to a beach? You get on the wrong side of a wave, it'll knock you down. It'll pick you up and it'll turn you around. That's exactly what a wave will do. It'll turn you over and uh, Reverend Patterson and I were holding hands, going out to a baptism, okay? We were holding hands. Why? Because the waves were coming 
and knocking us over. And we had to time the baptism, the water baptism, so that people didn't get knocked over. But we did. Didn't we get knocked over? I mean, it was, the waves can do that. But you know, waves can also lift you up. Have you ever seen a surfer? Same wave. They just ride on top of it. But you don't even need a surfboard. You can body surf. If you get, when that wave's coming, you can just start swimming and you match that wave. It'll actually lift you up. I've had my daughter in the water and I said, when the swells come, I said, honey, just hold your breath. And the wave actually lifts you up off the ground of the the seafloor and then it puts you back down. Waves can lift you. When we're going through a storm, that same wave that knocks us over can lift us up. If we're going to grow through something, we can be lifted up. See, that's the thing sometimes. We get on that rock solid faith ground of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm going through this storm, God. I don't know what the storm is but I know God's will is for me to grow. So God's will is for us to grow. But we have to have this, this, this faith that says, God, I'm in a growth zone. You know, the, the Bible says in James, there's something about waves, isn't it? It said, if any of you lack wisdom in James chapter one, verses five to eight, let him ask of God or her, ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. That means he won't chastise you and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, God, I trust you, that I'm going to go through this. And God, whatever happens, I'm going to grow. Nothing wavering like a wave. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So it's comparing this double-mindedness to... A wave that goes up and down. Do you know that waves go two ways? Well, they just go up and down. No. They fluctuate and undulate. Okay, so waves have two motions. Now, fluctuation is to and fro. Waves go this way and waves go this way. And they also undulate, so they go up and down. Have you ever seen someone like that? They have this double-minded faith and they're like, they're undulating. They're, Hallelujah! on Sunday morning and then on Monday they're like I don't know if there's a God and what are they doing they're going up and down with the wave why because I'm in a battle brethren I get in a battle like every day I mean guess what welcome to welcome to life right or uh, they're they're fluctuating the waves they go this way and then in this way where are they driven the wind is controlling the waves right and so they'll take a step forward in God hallelujah and then they'll take a step back in God like amen Oh my. Amen. Oh my. But God says, let's not be that way. Let's not go up and down and back and forth. Let's ask in faith. God, do something. Like Peter, he said, you know what? I want to walk on the water. Jesus said, come on. And the waves would lift Peter up when the wave went up. And when it went down, the wave would go down. But Peter stayed on top of the water. He was walking on the water going to Jesus. You know, it's an amazing thing. Uh, The disciples might not have known this, but Jesus was actually praying for them when they were on on the storm. The Bible says in uh, a different account that when Jesus uh, saw them toiling in rowing. So when he dismissed the disciples, he said, go row to the other side. He went to pray. What was he praying for? I believe he's praying for them. You know, sometimes we can see a miracle and that's good, but God wants us to continue to keep 
growing in God. And you know, it's interesting, this one young preacher, he asked an older preacher, he said, you know, if I could do one thing in my ministry that would make a difference, what would that be? And it said that the gentleman, true story, he didn't even hesitate. He said, if you could pray for one hour, one hour with God, not just pray, spend an hour with God. There's no telling what God could do with you. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and all the disciples fell asleep, what did he say? Could you not watch for me for, with, for what? One hour? There was a spit. Now, there's no special amount of time for an hour, but man, how much time does the average kid watch like a device a day? Have you read the statistic? I don't have it in front of me. You know what it is? It ain't 30 minutes. It's like seven hours a day. I mean, absolutely true. Every day, that's the average that people are on their device. Man, if you could just spend one. I'm not saying quit watching YouTube and TikTok and everything else, but spend some time with God. Why? God wants to spend time with you. That's how you develop that relationship. That's how you pray. And there's really two types. There's a life of prayer and a prayer life. What's a prayer life? That's a time that you have set aside. Me, I do it very early. Why? Because nothing else is happening. That's easier to you know, focus on that. But people pray at different times. But a life of prayer is also something. A life of prayer just means continuing instant in prayer. The Bible says praying always. Because we have that prayer where we're just, you know, things are always coming at us and we're always crazy thoughts and we're always continuing to pray. Why? We're always growing in God. So that prayer is what Jesus wanted to impress upon them. And uh, when Peter got his eyes off Jesus, what did he get his eyes on? The storm. And what happened? He began to sink. Well, it didn't end there. Because you know what? We find things that work. We find things that don't work. But it wasn't the end of Peter, was it? He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. So it's not the end of the world when we mess up. We just have to get our eyes back on Jesus. And the Bible said, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. And then in verse 32 of Matthew chapter 14, when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. See, Peter actually did make it to Jesus. People say, well, he sank. Yeah, we got his eyes off Jesus, but he actually made it there or he met Jesus halfway. You know that it's an amazing thing and I'm about out of time, but Jesus walked on the water faster than they rode. They rode four miles across and Jesus overtook them in a storm walking on the water. Jesus knows what you're going through, brethren, and he's tailing us. He's trying to, the Bible said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's following you because he wants us to get into the end zone. And the Bible said that Peter's first desire when he got out, he got down out of the boat and he walked on the water, right? To do what? To get into that growth zone. To go to Jesus. And think about it. What is our main desire in life? And it's something that, you know, we have to ask ourselves, what am I really focused on? What's the thing I want to accomplish? Because I believe that the thing that you really want to accomplish is what we'll accomplish. It's a preacher, but I want a million dollars. Look, if you want a million dollars, I believe you'll accomplish it. A lot of people believe it. If you've made forty or $50,000 for 10 years, you've already made half a million dollars. Yeah, but preacher, I spent it. Right. <laughs> That's the easiest thing to do. But 
you can actually have that if that's your first goal. And that God, though, wants us to have the first priority of him. And it's not mutually exclusive. God has rich servants and poor servants. God's got all kinds of servants, right? But the Bible says that when he came to Jesus, the Bible says, I want to finish it off with this. The Bible said they received him into the ship. Okay. I'm going to find it. Well, I might just have to tell you. The Bible says that as soon as they got into the ship, now they were four miles from land. As soon as they received Jesus into the ship, immediately it was at the other side. They got like a plane air ride for four miles when Jesus got on board. Now, walking in water is a miracle, but I'd say that's probably even a bigger miracle to take a boatload full of guys and shoot them across to the other side of the lake just like that. But because Jesus got on board, brethren, you've accomplished something if you've gotten to Jesus. And that's really the goal of a Christian. The first goal, get to Jesus in salvation. And then the next goal, like I preached on Sunday night, is to stay open with God. God will use us if we're open. And he's looking to see if we just stay open in prayer, stay open being sweet to God. And when God gets on board, that's where all the miracles happen. That's the end zone. When Jesus got onto the ship, it was immediately at land. And also the wind ceased. So it was good sailing weather. Or I don't know if they burn the whole of that boat out because of friction <laughs> getting there so fast but god can do amazing things god bless you is our prayer so the bible says peter got out of the boat let's get out of the boat peter walked on the water let's begin to grow and peter walked on the water to go to jesus let's get a focus let's get that focus this summer god i'm gonna get i'm gonna grow in god and i'm gonna make it to heaven a made up mind let's let's dismiss in prayer